why did you sort of push me into this deal? Right. And I, and yes, it was soured at that point. And I, I felt like at, at the same time, um, I was emailing back and forth with Tim a little bit or Tim reached out to me and was like, yeah, you know, do you still want to, you know, do this like early 2020? And I was like, man, uh, yeah, I just backed out of this like seller finance deal. I think I'm just going to like hold off. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast. Today's guest, Dan Cameron from Sprout Invoices, a popular WordPress plugin for obviously creating invoices. Dan's been doing it for some time. He's been a past guest on the show. And today he's joining us to talk about the whole, well, the whole feeling of selling, you know, your product, your WordPress product. Uh, you know, he talks about, you know, the when, the why, the how, and how the whole process went down, some ups and downs and everything in between. It was a great great episode. It's a long one. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in. One thing I want to mention, business5000.com. That's business5000.com. Join that email list there. The first pitch is going out this Sunday. And uh, this is the new venture of the Idea Accelerator. If you want to join in on that fun, business5000.com. Today's sponsor of the show, you know him, you love him. Well, maybe you didn't love him on Lost. You ever watch that show, Lost? It's John Locke from LockdownSEO.com. That's Locke with an E. LockdownSEO.com. We help manufacturing companies with search engine optimization so they get more RFQs. Request for quotes, people. That's what he's looking for. That's how he helps people. And I just said, John, thanks for you know sponsoring the show again. You know, we couldn't do this without you. So I said, what, what are you really looking for? in this sponsorship. I mean, there's a lot of WordPress developers, agencies listening to this, this show. What can what can I do to help provide value? And, and I'm just going to read you exactly what John told me. So I'm looking to work directly with manufacturing or industrial companies to improve their SEO. Machine shops, contract manufacturers, general manufacturers with product lines that are business to business. This is where I'm helping companies find a lot of success. These are essential businesses. So there's a big sigh of relief here. And my God, with all this COVID-19 stuff, I believe it. I can also take care of everything end-to-end design, content, SEO, on-page and off-page. Look, if you're somebody out there servicing manufacturing companies, just like John's looking for, don't hesitate. LockdownSEO.com. LockdownSEO.com. Lock with an E. LockdownSEO.com. Thanks for sponsoring the show, John. How about that? One more advertiser. Because, you know, I limit this to two sponsors per show. It's Ideabox. Ideabox.io. Ideabox.io. They're building plugins. Awesome, fantastic WordPress products. You might know them from PowerPack for Beaver Builder or PowerPack for Elementor. I mean, who doesn't use these add-ons for these amazing page builders? Ideabox created PowerPack for Beaver Builder. Extend Beaver Builder with the number one Beaver Builder add-on. Get 55-plus creative modules, 350-plus templates. Currently used over 100,000 Beaver Builder websites. And PowerPack for Elementor, take Elementor to the next level. 60-plus oriented creative widgets. PowerPack is one of the fastest growing Elementor add-ons. And my God, if you're on that Elementor rocket ship, woo, that's a business. And I'll tell you, ideabox.io, they're smart. They're doing it. And here comes a Slack message right in the middle of this ad read, but we're going to keep going. It's ideabox.io. We build digital solutions with code, creativity, and guess what? Coffee. Who doesn't use coffee these days to get through the workday? It's ideabox.io. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Let's get into it. I'm Dan Cameron, as he already said. Uh, I've been doing WordPress stuff since, um, well, professionally since my daughter was born, and she's 15 now. So, And I've been doing WordPress before that um, for a few years, just as like a hobby. Um, I made a business out of... Uh, 
WordPress about five years ago in the prod. I shouldn't say um, I made a business out of it because I had a business a long time ago, but I did a WordPress product called Sprout Invoices. And um, that's probably how people would know me. Maybe um, before that I did uh, search everything, but that was a long time ago. I used to build themes, if you can believe it or not, too. But uh, When we chatted the last time, uh, the opening statement in in the post, uh, this was season four, episode four, uh, the desire to stay a solopreneur was the title. The opening line was, remember the line in the social network movie, a uh, million dollars isn't cool, you know what's cool, a billion dollars. Well, maybe not for all of us. And I distinctly remember uh, having... Well, of course, the conversation on the show, but just having conversations with you since uh, our relationship started was, you know, it's, it's not always about, you know, the, the the billion dollar business, the, you know, 300 employees, you know, you're, you weren't at the time looking at, at success that way or at scale that way. And here we are now, you've sort of exited um, the Sprout Invoices product company. And I think listeners today are going to be very interested to learn uh, the why uh, and the how uh, of all of that. Um, can you tell us, can you start with sort of, you know, the why uh, of why you decided uh, now is a good time or when? I mean, tell us when this actually happened just so we get the dates right, but uh, tell us why you think it was a good move. When I knew that I wanted to sell um, Sprout Invoices was uh, probably in 2018, um, I felt really fatigued. Um, I felt like I couldn't push Sprout invoices any more than it already was. Um, I'm a developer at heart, so I I found myself in uh, a couple years ago just not knowing what to do. So prior to that, um, I was just building features. If I didn't know what to do, I was just building features, and it was fun. It was a great project. I was able to do new things and, um, you know, make a great product that I was really proud of. Um, I wouldn't pour a lot of time into the marketing and that's something that, um, I realized that was a real big shortcoming of mine. I remember, I remember our original, our original, uh, discussion too, was that, you know, you had some <clears throat> ups and downs with uh, a big brand competitor, you know, like buying up your name, like yeah. your keywords and Google. And I mean, it's just not an easy you know, it's not an easy task when you're up against such, you know, juggernauts in the industry. Yeah, it, it was, um, at that time, like I wasn't really worried about that so much. Uh, I guess, you know, you know, to be completely honest, like when I go back and I reflect on it a little bit, I think that was an issue because, uh, one of the things I never really wanted to do was pour a lot of time into marketing. Um, I did a lot of marketing in like innovative ways, I guess, like fun ways where I made it a, um, I made it like a logical programming type of uh, activity that I could do that I could uh, find fun out of, out of it, like um, uh, creating uh, progressions and com campaigns based on like, uh, logical things that happen, whether they come to the website and they're there for 20 minutes or they come to the website uh, and they don't um, add the item to the cart and then they come back the next day. Like those little things were really fun to create and those definitely helped me um, uh, get, grow the business into a lifestyle business that sustained my family for uh, five plus years. But I got to the point where I just could not like get over the next hurdle. And um, I felt like maybe a hurdle is a bad example because I, I felt like it was a wall in a way where I just didn't know what to do next. And in late 2018, that's when um, Osimotive, uh, Syed and friends were doing the growth accelerator program. So I thought, you know, this is like a really good opportunity. I'm just going to... Um, apply for it. Um, the guys on my mastermind at the time, uh, recommended it. And, uh, I went through all those interviews and, um, it felt like I was one of the, uh, finalists in a way. And I came out of it, not being accepted into it, but I came out of that whole process, understanding my business a little bit more and understanding like what I could do. And I set out 
to do a bunch of goals. That's when, um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that somebody would notice is the, like the mascot on the site. That's when I created the mascot. That's when I redid all my pricing. That's when I redid all of, um, actually like how, uh, the revenue was going to, uh, come in and, um, I had an idea about how to grow the revenue and that's, um, I could speak to that later, but anyways, I, I created a bunch of goals, uh, at the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019, I, I set out to accomplish those goals. I got them all done and I was invigorated. I loved the project again. And then in like mid 2019, I was just like, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored again. Like I did all these goals. I still don't know what to do. Um, the only thing that I could think of is like hiring somebody out, but I, I just don't, I came to this, I came to that point for four or five years of not really like employing somebody other than somebody to help do support. And I just didn't want to like hire a marketing person. So, um, and I was bored I and you, I just, yeah, yeah. Can I, can I ask you to define yeah. bored? Like, how are you measuring that? Was it like you literally were bored, like you weren't excited about the product anymore? Or were exactly, you actually yeah. just like looking at metrics and saying, well, maybe page views are down, sales are down. And, I, and I, I'm unsure of like how to make this sizzle a little bit more for the market. It's a really good question because um, it sort of exposes like my attitude towards the company because it's definitely not the latter because I didn't look at metrics. I never really looked at metrics. And that's why I think marketing was something that didn't excite me in any way. Um, I did not look at the numbers and go, oh, you know what? That There's a goal. There's a goal for me to accomplish right now, and that's get my visitors up or get my conversions up. I never set out to have that. Um, my mindset always has been is, um, you know, uh, what what cool thing do customers want? Um, let's build that because I want to develop that. Um, that's something that uh, I set out to do. And uh, the reason why I was bored is because I was just, sitting around doing nothing at that point. I, I already decided in 2018 that um, I was uh, building too many features and too many features is like sort of a, you know, one of the nails in the coffin. So yeah, I was bored. And the reason why I was so bored is because I just didn't really have any goals. Um, I, I come at my job with like goals for the day and or goals for the week or goals for the month or whatever. And um, I want to accomplish those goals. And in 2019, I, I felt like I didn't have any goals. I, I felt like I didn't not have anything to accomplish. The one things that I did have um, on my list were things that, to be quite honest, I did not want to do. Um, I did not want to like convert my job into um, administration or marketing, um, in a different way, let's say, uh, I, I always say that I, um, am not a great marketer, but I think that I accomplished something or I, I marketed well enough to get to the point where I had a really good lifestyle business with Sprout invoices. Yep. So, um, so I guess I can, oh yeah. Okay. So back to 2019. So like in mid 2019, I decided to sell and, um, I went back to Syed and I asked him like, are you guys interested? And, uh, he's like, no, but here's a, um, broker that I recommend. And, um, so I went to that broker and we had a really good conversation and, um, I decided to sell and, you know, uh, the, the price that they valued the company at was something that, I thought was awesome. I felt like the broker really understood my business to put it up that high. And we had a lot of interviews that summer and um, that fall too. And after every interview, I felt like, oh, that, well, not every interview, but the ones in, in the, in, at the beginning, I was just like, oh, you know what? I feel really good about that person. And, um, I hope they provide an offer. And then it was just like no offers. Like no one came up with offers until late last year. And um, 
let's take a let's take a yeah, step back. Yeah. So this is this is yeah. the how process, right? So we've got oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the when and the why. We're into the how. So so many people out there might be thinking about like, geez, how do I sell my product? Now you obviously had just sort of one foot through the door, uh, obviously knowing Syed, but being in the accelerator or applying to the accelerator program, Syed is obviously someone known as uh, as an individual in the space that acquires companies. He says, look, <clears throat> right now it's not a fit for us emotive, but here's a broker, right? That is, uh, that's out there. Uh, are you willing to, to state the name of the company or is that sort of private? Um, well, we can pass I don't want to. Yeah, I, I want to pass on it, in, 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 but I do want to explain why. I, I want to pass okay. on it because um, uh, we ended up like breaking the relationship off uh, sure. later last year, and um, but I and I don't want to like say the name because I don't want to have that stain on them at all because I feel like the company is great and I would actually recommend them again. However, um, my experience wasn't great and I don't want any WordPress entrepreneurs or like business owners that are thinking about this to like go, oh, okay, let's not go with that company because, um, of my experience. And I, I, I feel like, uh, somebody else can have a great experience. We just didn't. And um, so there's, so just so people realize there, there are, you know, you can search for brokers, right? I think anybody who's who's tuning into this episode specifically to learn about this process, perhaps you've you've already heard some brokers that are out there. Yeah. There's more well-known sites that were like that started uh, just selling domains back in the day. So Flippa.com comes to mind, uh, where I think now they they get into selling SaaS businesses. Uh, I don't know anyone there. I don't know anyone's ever used the service, um, but that's an option as well. Um, so. You can Google, you can find these brokers and and the task before you get into the story of your experience, the task of this broker is to do what you said. Uh, listen to me, listen to me about evaluate my business and put a price tag on that. I'd say that most brokers are always going to flatter you by giving you a, a good sounding price because that's how they get paid, I'd assume, is they're taking a sort of percentage of this sale. Um, and of course, in the world of sales, you start a little bit higher and you come down. <laughs> so you don't want to start in the middle. You want to start a little bit higher and then you know you know the buyer is probably going to try to you know whittle down the price perhaps. Yeah. And then you mentioned these interviews and, and this is what I'm assuming is the broker is connecting you and maybe facilitating a phone call to have these interviews with people who want to, you know, court you into selling you their business? Yeah. So um, let me actually, let me backtrack a little bit slightly because uh, something that um, I learned uh, when I went to this, uh, went through this process with the broker is that I did not know how to run a business. Um, uh, for example, I never created a P&L, if you can believe that or not. Um, I, I had an accountant or I still have an accountant. Um, and the way that we did taxes <laughs> was a really quick process, but, um, I never like created a P and L never separated anything out. So when I went through this process, like I had a lot of catch up to do. And, um, if anybody is going into the process of like going out to a broker, um, this is what you need. You need a five-year P&L and you need to go through everything and make sure that you have all those numbers before you start the process. Um, you don't have to. The broker will help you. That's for sure. But um, you you might be like, you might be surprised, let's just say, with how much work that needs to happen. Um especially going through those business accounting stuff that I had to do. Um, it's not that I was lazy in it or I never really wanted to do it. I just never really thought of the situation where I needed to um, create a P&L, um, actually like uh, do some other like business accounting um, uh, that I never really did before. So anyways, um, uh, yes, the broker uh, the broker values the company. Um, he initiates those conversations. What they do is they um, they talk to uh, prospective buyers. Um, they communicate what the business is. They have like a they do like a quick interview like through email. 
And uh, the broker is supposed to shield you from potential buyers that you know uh, that won't want that you know you won't want to deal with, right? So um, they're not going to want to waste their time, uh, and they're not going to want to waste your time. So it's a good, um, it's a it's a great service. They're able to connect you with uh, like thousands of investors, and their job is to whittle that down and uh, get the few interviews that might make a sale happen. So now you're having these conversations, mm-hmm. uh, these interviews as the, as they refer to them as. You say that, hey, these conversations are going fairly good, right? For the most part, people seem interested. They're, they are interested. And then no one's really bidding, right? No one's really giving you or whatever their term, whatever their phrase is for it, right? No one's sort of putting a number, an offer. Yeah. Um, LOI. LOI is a letter of intent. So right. yep. that was a big word that always came out of those interviews, which was the broker that I had would always say like, okay, next step is waiting for an LOI and I'll contact them. And um, they seem like a good buyer and uh, let's wait. Uh, we waited. Are you looking at the broker at this point saying like, boy, these calls sound pretty good. Why why can't you push the needle forward for me? Yeah. I'm thinking like, why is he telling these people about the dead bodies in the cellar? Like that's <laughs> why this thing's not selling. Now, um, I think what was happening was he was connecting me with investors that saw the business differently. They weren't familiar with the WordPress product business. Um, They weren't familiar with how things are drastically different in the WordPress, um, I want to say game, but (laughs) so it's like a condescending uh, pejorative term if you say WordPress game. Uh, But anyways, like the products business within the WordPress community, like uh, these investors didn't know. Uh, There's a lot of investors that actually looked at it as an opportunity to um, do a lot of like different financial deals because they saw invoicing. They saw, um, they, they know of a lot of like scummy things that they could have done. And I don't know why the broker didn't like see through that um, before we got into these interviews, but um, we saw through it. So like, I will say like half the interviews were really good, um, but half the interviews were good because um, I felt, I felt like the, the person on the other end um, was a really good person and uh, I respected them for uh, understanding, um, understanding what I wanted out of like a new owner. like a good steward for the customers. Uh, but in the long run, like the offers never came in until one offer came in through like uh, late last year. And it was the only offer and I reluctantly accepted it. It was uh, an offer that was so- seller financed and, um, which is a term that I never heard of before until um, the broker talked to me about it. But what happens is um, essentially the seller or sorry, the buyer pays, let's say 10% of the asking price. And then the seller is like providing a loan to the buyer for the other 90%. And it works like this where I would get paid the other 90% through monthly payments with, um, of course, like a percentage like added on to that. So in the long run, you're getting uh, what you agreed upon, right? And you're getting a little bit more. And I'm thinking like, yeah, that works because I, I don't actually want a big lump sum either. I don't want... Um, uh, for tax purposes and whatnot, like I don't necessarily need a lump sum this year or last year if it were to go through. So I, I would like to, uh, you know, shuffle those payments out. And it actually like looked good financially. It was cool. I, I looked at, I had a spreadsheet actually of like all these different scenarios of 
if I were to keep the business um, and do everything normal, if I were to keep the business, but actually hire somebody I had, it was really, this is just how I did it, which was like, I had these spreadsheets with all these calculations out and I put the formula in for like what his offer was and financially it was a good offer. Um, the one thing that I did not realize until after was that seller financed is not a good, uh, <laughs> is not a good proposition or it's not a good sale. Uh, for me, let's just say it wasn't good because I realized that if the customer or I'm, I'm sorry, if the buyer is not, um, a good steward to the product is not familiar with the WordPress industry or community um, and fails. Let's say they fail in a year. Um, the broker was telling me, well, what would happen is uh, you would be able to get that product back um, and you would still be able to like keep the payments up until that point. And I am, I think you and a lot of people that are listening right now understand the issue, um, but I didn't. I, I I was just like blinded a little bit, primarily because I think it was somewhat of bad advice at that time. The broker should have told me, like, you know, in that scenario where you get that product back, that steward could have detrimental effect on the brand and the customers. So, what are you actually getting back after a year when that? that new owner like ran it to the ground. What are you getting back? Are you getting back code? Because that doesn't really matter that much in the WordPress community, right? Like what matters is your brand and your, um, your, uh, your acceptance within the community. Um, and I was just like going through my head with, or having all the scenarios go through my head where, you know, I would get this, sprout invoices back and it would be worthless because all the customers would jump ship to another um, product that was similar or um, uh, and it's something that I couldn't recover from so I backed out of that deal actually and um, that's when I went uh, went back to uh, a friend Tim who I met at Prestomics um, little shout out for Pressnomics. Um, I, I did the golfing thing at Pressnomics and, uh, a deal came out of it. One of, one of the many deals that come out of those, uh, golf outings. But, um, yeah, so I talked to Tim from web ventures after, um, golf and he always like told me, you know, if you want to, you know, I have a conversation about like selling to web ventures, then let me know. Um, and at the time he was saying like, you would have to wait until 2020 because they already had these other, um, these other acquisitions lined up for 2019. And then at that point I was like, well, I don't want to, um, I don't want to like push off the opportunity for a sale for something that might be next year, even though I really like, uh, the guys over at ventures, I felt like that was the best home at the time. I just didn't want to wait. I didn't want to push off for another like three months, four months for a sale and go, oh, well, you know, you know, and web ventures come back and say, yeah, it's not like a good fit and we won't do this. So anyways, like I know I'm like meandering a little bit, so sorry about that, but cut in to just ask any questions to like get me back on track. But um, yeah, so I'm actually curious that. So after you, you sort of, uh, declined the seller or excuse me the buyer financed version of the deal is it at this point like how much time has passed since you started with that broker you got all the way to this point is at this point where you start like the frustration starts to surmount a, a bit with with this experience i know you said that they're actually a pretty good company but the experience wasn't all that solid for you is it at this point it's like man boy we're just like killing the clock here and, and nothing is really happening. And was that sort of like the final straw at that point? In June, I believe, is when I started the process. Um, I reached out to uh, 
the broker and we started the process. And the reason why I know it was in June is because we did a family vacation in July. And I remember having an interview. Um, like I had to wake up, we were in Hawaii at the time and I had to wake up at like 5 a.m. or something like that to like do this phone call. But um, uh, anyways, so for the first like few months, it was great. You know, we had a lot of um, interviews and stuff, but I still felt like I still felt good. And the broker, he's a really nice guy and he made me feel good about it. And we had a lot of conversations and uh, I feel like we could be friends, you know, Um, but it, it just never like the result never um, came out. Like he, he was not able to find a buyer. The final straw was when I was advised not to do the seller finance deal. And for many of the reasons that I talked about, which was um, it could be detrimental to the brand, even if you do get the product back. Um, and I always, I was like, 80% sure with that new buyer. Um, if you do a seller finance deal, like you have to be a hundred percent sure that that person is going to be a good steward and they're going to know how to run that business. Like I won't say that any seller finance deal is bad. I would just say that you have to know the seller really, really well in order to do a deal like that. And I came out of it going, I came out of it like thinking like, why did you sort of push me into this deal? Right. And I, and yes, it was soured at that point. And I, I felt like at, at the same time, um, I was emailing back and forth with Tim a little bit, or Tim reached out to me and was like, yeah, you know, do you still want to, you know, do this like early 2020? And I was like, man, uh, yeah, I just backed out of this like seller finance deal. I think I'm just going to like hold off on this brokerage and like split that relationship up and, you know, just hold on to the product. If the th- whole thing with the web ventures doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's just not meant to be. And, um, then we, then the, like the clock just started ticking a little bit where it was a waiting game. And, um, that's when, uh, like in early January, um, Tim and I started talking about like completing the deal, and it was it was actually it was yeah it was just like super smooth. It was that transition um, earlier this year was uh, night and day compared to the brokerage. So he picks up like you guys chatted at page Le- at Pressnomics. He sort of puts the bug in your ear. We can do it early 2020. Things aren't going as smoothly as you thought with uh, original broker. You say that the deal with Tim goes smoothly. Why is that? Was it just his process is different? It's sort of just you know he's buying sort of the the company and then he has a team that runs it. What is why did it make so much sense? Like and just more cut and dry than, than this other ordeal. Okay. So, uh, Evans is his last name, Tim Evans. Uh, I had to look that up. So, uh, the reason why I think this process went much smoother is it goes back to the issues that I had with that broker. Um, the broker connected me with people that weren't familiar with the WordPress community. Tim and the whole team over at Web Ventures deals with WordPress every day, right? They know the community, they know how it works, and uh, I I strongly believe that that's why this this transition or this process was night and day. And then once once you said, you know, you sort of had the virtual handshake where you might have said, okay, let's let's do this deal. Uh, what was that time frame like? Was it just days, months, weeks? Late in 2019, um, Tim was able to give me some like evaluation, and I thought that that valuation was excellent. It, it was essentially like what I agreed to with the seller finance deal, like price wise. Um, so. Uh, on paper, it worked out great. He was able to say, this is what we're able to offer. And um, 
uh, I was like, yes, that's great. He just could not uh, provide an LOI until um, January. So in early January, um, he was able to give the LOI with the same valuation that he gave um, in uh, later last year in December. And uh, I signed the LOI. And then this whole process started where there was these like an acquisition checklist. And um, I just went through all of the things and um, started checking all the boxes. Like I, it's hard for me to describe how the process was because it was very, very simple. Like uh, once we agreed on the price, uh, it was like over essentially because um, there wasn't any like negotiations that needed to go back and forth. Um, I didn't, uh, I wouldn't recommend this, but I didn't hire like a lawyer to go through the contracts. Um, I just nitpick them a lot. And uh, we went back and forth on like a few things, um, uh, especially in the non-compete section. Um, but it was an easy process, like really, truly, like once we agreed on the price, which was excellent because they know how to value WordPress product businesses. And I've said that for like maybe the fifth time already. I'm sorry, but <laughs> they just do. Uh, yeah. Once you settle on that value and that price, like it's almost like game over and, you know, we're, we're just doing cleanup right now. So would you say um, that you were, uh, on a scale of one to five, how uh, excited, I guess, is the only word that comes to my head. How excited were you on the valuation? Did you think it was on par with what you thought you'd you'd probably get for it? Was it higher or lower? Um, oh, man, that scale is really hard because it depends on <laughs> like what your meaning of five is. Because uh, I would say five because okay. when I valued my company last year before I started this entire process, I would have been overjoyed um, with uh, that valuation. Um, right now, I would say that it's about like a four and a half, or I'm sorry, when I signed, uh, I would say it was about a four and a half. Because when I went through this process of doing these interviews with people, I sort of like talked myself into how value or not, I keep saying value, um, how well the business could do if there was just certain things that were done, certain things that I would not want to do. Right. Um, uh, there are certain like things that I learned throughout the entire process that I was naive to, um, like I already talked about, I didn't know how to like do correct administration. Like I did not do a PL. I didn't do like simple business stuff. I didn't know, know who my customers were. And this is where if anybody's listening and anybody wants to go through this acquisition process, like it's embarrassing or actually product owners should know this too. <laughs> It's embarrassing when somebody asks you like who your customer is and you don't know how to answer that. Um, you, you should know your customers. And I tried, I did surveys like years and years ago and I just could not do it. And I just, I came to the point where I just assumed what my customer was or who my customer was. And um, that's not good enough. Like you need to know who your customer was. Um I I learned a lot in marketing, like through a lot of the interviews, a lot like when I went through that process with Syed, where we were doing the um, uh, the accelerator program, like throughout that, that interview process, I learned a lot. And that's how I was able to like write those goals for late 2018 and early 2019. Um, and in this process, like I learned quite a bit in like, because I would ask these people like, oh, what would you do? What would your strategy be? Or what would your plan be? You know, and, and they wouldn't give me like precise detail, but I would be able to like figure it out. And um, so I, I was in that stage of like, 
you know what? My business is a good business. I've been telling people for the last, you know, eight months or whatever, like this is a really good business and it, it's a good opportunity for you. So I, I felt like I, <laughs> I didn't, I, I felt like instead of being bored and fatigued and like pulled down by the company, I was actually like, I was seeing the good qualities again. Um, so, yeah, it, it, that's why I would say like it was like a four and a half rating or something like that. Gotcha. But, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, sort of what I, I'd imagine is the is sort of the uh, uh, the tail end of this or the the booking end of this would be um, sending off that product, sending off that child, if you yeah, will. Yeah. Right? You you've made the sale, <clears throat> you've agreed on terms, you're satisfied with valuation. Um, you hand it off and is it sort of uh, an explanation of what will happen to the product, the company, the customers uh, of, of how they'll, they'll sort of continue to grow it and, and sustain it. Uh, or is it sort of like, here's your money. See you later. <laughs> we'll keep looking at the website to join for updates. <laughs> yeah. I, um, so we go back to, I keep saying like how smooth the transition was and, Part of the reason why the transition was really smooth is because I had a lot of assumptions of how the transition would normally be. You know, you hear these stories about um, these acquisitions happening and then the owner stays on for like six months or whatever, or, um, you know, the owner is like actually like still like a part owner some way, like he still has some equity in the business somehow. So he's still like, you know, involved with meetings and stuff. And uh, this transition was really smooth because I am not part of any of that. And I don't know if I regret not asking for that or not. Um, I don't know if like an easy break is, is easy. Um, or if I should have like requested to like stay on a little bit more. Um, I was worried throughout the process that I would be forced to do support for six months. So when we were talking, maybe I gave the false impression that I didn't want to be part of it anymore. Um, uh, I don't think that's the case, but um, maybe the way that I look at it is that um, Web Ventures knows what the hell they're doing and they have good support teams that know how to support customers. They have good development teams that know how to, you know, um, support and build and add features and um, bug fix and all that stuff. So like, I didn't have to stick around, you know, and, um, you know, it goes back into like uh, this, this idea where you know, where you're sort of like pushing your kid out the door, but once your kid leaves, you're like, oh, don't go one last hug type of thing. Like, or you want to just watch them for as long as you can, like walk their way to school or something like that. You want to make sure that they're okay. I don't know. I'm in that process right now. Like this has only been a couple months. So I... I feel very relieved that I don't have to do any day-to-day -day stuff. Um, a couple weeks ago, I actually uh, stopped doing support. Like I stopped helping their support team answer questions. So um, it's like a complete break. And there's, there's like some, there might be like some stages of grief that needs to happen, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not to no, like, I, I don't, I don't doubt it. Overstate it. Um, but there are like, there are stages of grief that happens throughout this, like, um, denial and acceptance and, um, all of those other ones that I can't remember right now, but yeah. 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 Um, so just a little, a bit more detail on, on on his company, do they run everything in house, or do they take ownership of it and then they try to sell it afterwards, or do they just have like a team of, you know, whatever, like engineers, support people, marketing people, and this just adds to their portfolio, and they they just run everything in house. Is that how it works? The latter is how I believe how they're okay. um, 
doing this. Yeah. So they, they want to yeah. build a suite of products. And um, I don't know the the strategy, the deep strategy that they have behind that. Um, mm-hmm. But they want to build a suite of products and provide that for their customers. And um, uh, I don't, I, I didn't really like, here's the thing, like, I would ask those questions of other people, especially uh, when I was having these interviews with these brokers. Like, I would want to know what their future plans are. Yeah. But with these guys at Web Ventures, like, I had, or, and I still do have the utmost amount of, like, re- that statement doesn't make any sense. I have a lot of respect <laughs> for them. Yeah. A lot, yeah. a lot of respect for them. So, yeah. I it doesn't worry me. Like it really doesn't. I do know that the product is in good hands and I feel like that wall that I was up against, um, that I didn't want to climb and I didn't want to figure out how to build that ladder to get over to do like better marketing and all this other stuff. Um, I feel like they already have those teams or I know they already have those teams. They already know have have that expertise. So it's really like a good transition because I was able to, you know, foster something. I was able to create something to a certain point and they're able to take that product at that certain point and like make it grow, um, with the expertise that they have. It's a good, well, you might not think of it, think of it as a yeah. good story arc, but it was a very informative story arc to, you know, to understand sort of, you know, the complexities of this, of this decision. Right. And then the complexities of like the technical if that makes sense, of like hiring a broker and just sort of feeling out these waters as you go and and not really finding what you wanted ultimately. But but the story, you know, there was a hero at the end of the story and, and you know, things went, you know, much smoother. Can we put a bow on it and tell the listeners sort of, okay, we, well, we know you've bought a yacht, right? And you're just coasting <laughs> off the Pacific Ocean somewhere, hitting, hitting golf balls into the, into the sea. Um, what's next? What are you doing now? I know you have a new URL up there, a new domain, but I'll let you tell that, that tale. Oh man. Um, okay. So this is where you want like a marketing or like a pitch, right? But like I said, <laughs> this is where I want earlier, you to sell yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to make this long because I don't have a pitch. I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now. And this is sort of like an exciting time. Like, um, I came out of, I went through this process uh, last year going, I want to create a local business. And uh, that was an idea that I realized was terrible, terrible throughout the entire process. I wanted to create like a, like a, a, pub or something like that with some video games and do all kinds of stuff. That was terrible. And I'm glad that I did not pursue that. But um, I had a bunch of goals for this year and it included like helping coach my kid doing baseball, relax and watching a lot of baseball. Um, You know, I wanted to learn a couple of new things like Laravel, starting a new project. Um, I, throughout this, like this time that we're in right now, I'm able to do like some of those goals, but really like what I'm doing right now is um, I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning Laravel. I'm going to start a new project. Um, I don't know what exactly that might be right now, but I have some ideas that are cooking. Um, And I have still have SproutVenture.com, which I do some consulting, I do some development and, but primarily right now for the next six months, I'm not really doing that much. So, um, is there anything you want people to contact you with new ideas, partnership opportunities, building plugins? Is there anything like that? Yes. So out of this, um, I felt like I could help small product businesses in the WordPress industry that are not being served um, through like mentorships or whatnot. Uh, I don't know if I want to make this a business where I do consulting for these small product businesses. Um, Business as in like, I don't know if I want to charge or if I just want to do this out of the kindness of my heart, 
because I feel like um, I had such a great experience for the last six years um, creating a lifestyle business for my family that I think I could help a lot of like people um, do the same thing. Now I can do a lot so you can get to that wall that I hit, right? Um, and it's up to you to get to that wall. I I don't think that I could um, be with you throughout every stage, right? Um, unless I do make a business out of it. But I do have some like tips and I would like to review any um, any any businesses that are out there that are struggling to get to the point where they want to make a lifestyle business. And um, uh, let's talk, let's chat. Yeah, I mean, I think if... You know, there's folks like me who would probably, you know, if you came to me with the same request, I might just like yell at you, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I yeah. might be sort of like the boot camp guy. And if you go to a guy like Dan, well, he's a lot <laughs> easier to deal with. He's a lot easier to deal with, right? He's going to, he's yeah. going to tell you things in, in different ways. And, um, you know, so definitely take Dan up on his, on his offer, right? If you have those questions, I'm sure uh, you can go to his website, you can ping him on Twitter, you can find him, uh, post status Slack, right? You're in there as well. Yep. Um, yep. He's all over the internet. Or just, you know, get a set of binoculars, go down to the West Coast, look <laughs> out into the ocean. You see that yacht with a helicopter on it? That's probably him. It's not me. <laughs> Dan, thanks for uh, sharing the story today. It's it's super valuable. Uh, and thanks. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's great to hear you know, how others approach this thing, because I'm sure there's plenty of people, especially in today's crazy COVID-19 world that might be, you know, I'm done with this product. I, I need to mentally move on. I need to get out of it. Or maybe it's just sort of a rescue, uh, safety net uh, right now to just, you know, I'm just going to sell this thing. So thanks for I sharing think, uh, your story. I think, let me, uh, let me interject here and like prevent you from actually like signing off completely. But I do think like right now in this, like, um, this generational event that we're in, one of many that we've had in our generations. If you have a product and it's a side hustle right now, you should be pouring time into it. Um, you have the time, you have the opportunity. It, it is the time to do it. And um, right. don't let, uh, you know, the stresses of and the, the stresses of the time like set you back. Don't let that hold you back. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, you, you you actually had a good side off, and I was like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> let me add this other thing. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. We let you do it. We let you do it. You're a, you're a, a good standing citizen in my book, WordPress citizen and friend in my book, even though you like the Dodgers. But hey, there's no baseball anyway, so what does hey, it matter? Thanks for Mookie, by the way. <laughs> Everybody else, it's MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe to join that mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. We'll see you in the next episode.